I've handled moose. I've been up close and personal with moose, and it doesn't bore me for a second. They're, they're a magnificent critter. That's Lee Cantor. He's been Maine's state moose biologist for more than a decade. We thought we'd get his thoughts on the moose population across New England and see what we might learn. And they don't call them charismatic megafauna for nothing. I'm Dave Anderson with the Forest Society. And I'm Chris Martin with New Hampshire Audubon. And this is Something Wild. I feel like really in the last 15 years we've seen far fewer moose you know, yep. in our area. And according to the Internet... Vermont has 3,000 moose. New Hampshire has an estimated 3,300 moose. And Maine has 60,000. So what's unique about the northern forests of Maine versus New Hampshire and Vermont? Well, I mean, it's, it's scale. I mean, everything's about scale. I grew up in New Hampshire, so I'm not throwing you guys under the bus. Mm-hmm. It's one range of moose. There's no New Hampshire moose and there's no Maine moose. We're all the same. In the commercial forest lands, which comprise the core range of moose in the state of Maine is 16,000 square miles. The state of New Hampshire is about 9,000 square miles. So there's, there's your scale. Fact is, you can't talk about moose without talking about winter ticks. These tiny creatures quest for a moose host in the fall and then spend their entire life cycle from larva to nymph to adult on the same moose until next May, taking blood from that moose at every stage of the game and then reproducing exponentially. Maine is studying a new approach to helping moose stay healthy in spite of winter tick devastation. Because Maine is so big, they're able to partition the moose hunt into separate times and areas, an approach called adaptive management. We took one unit that's about 2,000 square miles. We divided that in two, so we essentially had a control side of the unit where we have the status quo for permits, and then we have an experimental side um, where we increase the permits, basically cow and calf permits, to try to lower the population. We'll be able to say in five years, well, it did not make a difference, or we're able to say, well, it did make a difference. And now here's another tool. Where are we going to go from here? So if the tick densities are highest in the areas with the highest moose populations, there is thought that reducing the overall number of adult moose per square mile would result in a decrease in the number of winter ticks in an overall healthier herd? Beautifully stated. They're the tiny predator, right? Because what they are doing is they're effectively eating our moose. And so the idea of having an adaptive unit where we're reducing moose density by shooting cows and calves is absolutely counterintuitive to everybody. And it's a very tough sell, but it's a scientific approach. It's absolutely critical to get this data and information to inform us. This is a challenge with all wildlife species because there's the health of the individual and then there's the health of the population. And so one moose can be in terrible, oops, sorry about that, terrible, terrible health. My, my, uh, I just got a text that a mortality event was detected on one of my moose collars. While we, while we speak. <laughs> while we speak. Is there any bright news for the future of moose in northern New England? You know, the challenges with climate and climate change and how it's going to affect things is another challenge of scale and scope, which is, We're talking about our earth, and we're also talking about northern New England. We don't know what that's going to mean for the constriction of the moose range in New England and into southern Canada over time. Because, you know, if we get more rain events and more extreme rain events, are some of those events going to be snow? And what does that mean for the proliferation of winter tick and and its impact on moose, right? So we're, we're getting into some complexities that 
makes me not want to speculate on what, you know, the decades ahead of us are going to look like. And so there's a bright point is that people care about moose. People, as you say, love moose. And so we've got that going for us. Right. And the more people who get out and understand it and see them, you know, maybe they want to want to help conserve our natural resources, including moose and, and, and these landscapes. I chose to work with one of the most magnificent creatures on this planet. So <laughs> I'm a very lucky guy, hmm. despite despite the challenges we're facing. Thanks to Lee Cantor, Maine's moose biologist, for talking to us. For Something Wild, I'm Chris Martin. And I'm Dave Anderson. Something Wild is a partnership of New Hampshire Audubon, the Forest Society, and NHPR, and is produced by the team at Outside In. So when they have moose calling contests in the fall, you're probably disqualified as being a professional. You can't uh, go call moose. No, nah, I'm not. You know, I'm I'm too I'm too shy. You know, <laughs> to, uh, to be a really good caller. You know, I'm too demure and shy. Yeah. <laughs> Chris has got a good moose call. Yeah, that I like that one. That's good. 